everyone. Welcome back. Over the past week, my husband lost a friend to suicide. And again, we're seeing the effects that it has on the people who knew him and the community as a whole. And I experienced this when I lost one of my friends several years ago and a family member. And suicide is one of the leading causes of death. And there's still this stigma surrounding it. And I want to do today's podcast on suicide and its impact and suicide prevention because it's something that I started my work in the mental health field specifically for. I focus a lot of my work on suicide prevention. I see suicide and suicidality weekly, if not daily. And I do believe it needs to be talked about more, but it's also a topic that's really difficult to talk about. And suicide's really hard to understand, and it's really hard for the people that were closest to the individual to understand, especially if you aren't aware of the warning signs or didn't see them, because depression is an invisible illness. A lot of people don't see it, and it's a silent killer. And my drive to work on suicide prevention and to spread awareness for suicide is that I've seen how much it has impacted the community, and I've seen people come together to break the stigma and to talk about it and to open up a conversation because when it's not talked about there's this shame surrounding it and it almost feels like you do have to suffer in silence because if it's not talked about well then you're not going to feel support with what you're going through and everyone struggles with sadness everyone at some point or another has struggled with depression and it's such a passion of mine to make it a bigger conversation and that's why I want to talk about it today and I've been wanting to talk about it for a while, but it's moments like these that really remind you how you don't always know what someone is going through. I've lost friends, family members. I've witnessed friends and family members go through the loss of someone to suicide. And now my husband and the community he grew up in is grieving the loss of someone now too. And I think for a long time when people thought about depression, people think of a lot of women and suicide rates are actually three and a half times higher in men. I think specifically there needs to be a bigger conversation for the entire population because it is very common and it's the second leading cause of death in 15 to 24 year olds and nearly 800,000 people die by suicide each year and when you put that into perspective and you think about it that's one death every 40 seconds and that's because depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. And it has been really hard because in my work, I see a lot of suicidality and I've seen it in kids as young as eight years old. And I've heard about cases of kids taking their own lives from a very young age. And that can be many different factors like bullying and growing up in an unstable home environment and social isolation and so many different things. And I think the more that we open up the conversation and talk about feelings and emotions and being aware of the signs can really help to prevent and even just know what to look for in your friends and family and the people who are closest to you. And throughout my time working on suicide prevention, I've heard many people say, well, suicide's so selfish. And I think it's really hard to understand suicide from a point of view of someone who's never felt that low to the point where they felt like they couldn't continue to live. And when you're that low, you don't think about how it's going to affect everyone around you, you feel like a burden. And you think, well, the only way to make this stop and the only way to stop feeling this way is to not be here anymore. And so 
I challenge everyone to stop thinking of suicide as a selfish act and to start putting efforts and our thoughts towards how do we prevent suicide? How do we talk to the people around us? How do we show support to let people know that they're not alone? And it's important to understand the warning signs to look for. If someone says they want to kill themselves, taking that seriously. I've heard people use that in a joking manner, but taking that very seriously because it is a very, very serious statement to make. If they're feeling hopeless, if they're saying they have no reason to live, if you're noticing an increased use of drugs or alcohol, withdrawal, isolation, sleeping too much or too little can be a sign of depression. Giving away possessions is a big one and showing aggression or, like I said, fatigue. And these are just some of the signs to look for. But if you notice changes in someone's behavior, if you notice they're withdrawing, if you notice that they're, they're not their happy, usual self and you're noticing these big changes and shifts, I challenge you and I encourage you to ask them how they're doing and like really ask them how they're doing instead of diminishing and undermining how they're feeling. If someone around you is considering suicide, but they're comfortable discussing how they're feeling with you, there are next steps to take, like encouraging them to seek therapy, keep the lines of communication open and being a good listener, supporting them and encouraging connection and interaction with their family and friends and also making them aware that there are resources available not everyone can afford therapy but what's amazing and why i think we're making such huge steps as a society as a whole is instead of there being this long hotline that you can never remember the new suicide hotline you can call or text is 988 and it's just as short and easy to remember as 911 because it is an emergency. Mental health is just as important as physical health. And there are people out there that are willing to help you. So know that you are not alone in what you're going through. I used to kind of tiptoe around suicide. Like, oh, are you doing okay? Are you thinking of like harming yourself? And as a therapist, we're trained to ask the most straightforward question of, are you planning or do you have an intent to kill yourself? To say those words, because I think many people assume that when you ask the question, you're putting it into someone's mind. But that is actually the opposite. You're, you're opening the lines of communication up to discuss it further. This mistaken belief that talking about it to a person in danger encourages the act. But if a loved one does express thoughts or plans of suicide, it's very essential to initiate a conversation and approach the discussion by identifying resources and to follow up with that person. Like not just one conversation and done, but be direct with the person by asking, how are you coping with the feelings you're experiencing? How are you thinking of hurting yourself? Are you thinking of hurting yourself? Do you want to die or are you thinking about dying? Or are you thinking about suicide? And have you come up with a plan for taking your own life? And every intake I have with a client, whether they present with depression or not, I do a risk assessment. So that's basically asking those same questions. Do you have a plan or have you tried to harm yourself in the past? And if they do have a plan, asking further questions like, what is your plan? Are you planning to follow through with it? And really identifying what they're thinking to be able to help and support them. And I've talked about children being at risk. Like, it's not just adults, but it's teen, it's kids. 
And parents, you can help by learning to recognize those warning signs as well of suicidality, like sudden mood changes, recognizing warning signs, frequent talking about going away or dying or engaging in like risky or impulsive behavior. And that's a really important time to seek mental health care for your child who may be at risk. And fostering an environment where children feel safe talking about their emotions and challenges. And this is what I mean by breaking the stigma is not just fostering an environment in your home, but being able to talk about it and talk about those feelings with other people. Because the more that you isolate and the more that you suppress those feelings and you internalize those, the more you feel alone. And the more that you talk about it with other people around you, the more that you don't feel alone, the more that you are able to walk with others who have gone through or who are experiencing similar experiences. And in my house, we're also dealing with how to cope with losing someone to suicide. It is a painful and indescribable feeling to lose someone to suicide. It triggers deep and complicated grief. And the people who survive suicide grapple with the feelings of shame, anger, guilt, and it can be traumatizing to not know that someone was going through that much sadness or that much pain and feeling so alone. And when you are coping with these feelings and grieving, it's tempting to isolate yourself and to grieve alone. But it's so important to seek help from others, whether that's your family, your friends, a trained mental health professional or support group for people that have experienced losing someone to suicide. And as someone who has lost people to suicide, it's a pain that will never go away. And with time, you'll recognize that it's not your fault. There's no shame or guilt behind it. And you're able to move forward. And like in my work, I found purpose and meaning in working on suicide prevention and channeling those feelings of sadness and loss and grief into helping people moving forward. And you can do that through there's walks for suicide every year and there's fundraisers that you can donate to and being a voice and an advocate even on social media, even if it just helps one person feel a little less alone in how they're feeling, you're making a difference. I lost a friend to suicide and earlier that same year that he took his life, he tweeted, oftentimes the strongest people are not always the ones who show it in front of everyone, but rather when no one can see it. And some of the saddest people can present as the happiest because they know what it is like to feel empty on the inside and they don't want anyone else to feel that way. And men especially hide their feelings because of shame. And that's because the stigma and cultural norms surrounding what it means to be a, quote, man are the reason most men feel too ashamed to seek help. In our society, we've grown up being told we need to man up or stop acting like a girl if we've shown sensitivity or vulnerability. Part of breaking the stigma is changing the narrative of what it means to be a man. Expressing emotions and reaching out for help is strong. Vulnerability is a sign of strength, not weakness. And we need to prioritize our mental health just as much as our physical health. And I always use the example of, we wouldn't hesitate to go to a doctor if we were injured playing a sport. So why would we hesitate to see a specialist or to reach out for help if we're struggling mentally or emotionally? What if instead of teaching boys from a young age to toughen up, we teach them to open up and be vulnerable? Because we would live in a world much more trusting and accepting of one another. People who die by suicide aren't selfish. They're so immersed in their pain that they will do anything to make an end. And people who die by suicide have it in their minds that their loved ones will be fine or maybe even better off without them. And that's why we need to remind people around us how much we love them and how much they matter. 
Most people who die by suicide, especially the ones I have known, are the kindest and most thoughtful people who would never intentionally cause others pain. As human beings, it can be hard to relate to mental health and empathize with what someone so afflicted is feeling. And I believe this is one of the reasons suicide is so stigmatized and misunderstood. Because most of us can easily understand physical pain since at some point or another in our lives we've experienced it. But not all of us have experienced that low, low point and those thoughts of maybe it'd be better off if I wasn't here anymore. And it's heartbreaking that suicide continues to take so many people's lives. And it's heartbreaking that so many people have teetered on the edge of death because they're struggling to win a war against their own mind. And why I wanted to talk about this and why I wanted to do a podcast on this is to shed light on a very real issue. Because like so many people, I'm working to end the stigma so that people know it's okay to seek help and to not be ashamed of how they're feeling. And if someone you love is considering suicide, it might be time to develop a safety plan. So step one is identifying those warning signs. The second step is talking about coping strategies and leaning on people. Step three is developing a list of people that they feel they can ask for help. And that can be mental health agencies or the crisis line. And then the last step is making the environment safe. And that if they've used self-harm techniques and if they're thinking of certain ways to die, hiding things in the home that may be guns, ropes, razor blades, medications, and making it less accessible to them. Because making it less accessible to them provides extra time for the person to step back and like consider this decision that they're making. Because a lot of people, yes, have been thinking about it over time, but once the plan and the intent is there and the means by which they plan to harm themselves are accessible, the more they are likely to follow through with that. If you or someone you know are experiencing thoughts of suicide, know that there is help out there. Reach out to me, reach out to family, reach out to friends, reach out to anyone. And the 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline is available 24-7. You belong on this earth, you matter, you're important, and you're loved by so many. So I hope that when those thoughts come up, you're able to lean on others for support and remind yourself of those things. Because you really do make a difference in this world. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. I know it's a heavy topic. And I just want to make people aware of the warning signs. And please, please, please reach out to me if you ever need anything.